0: the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College from Old Chicago welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show brought to you by Old Chicago great pizza deserves great beer America First Credit Union financial solutions for every need and by S. C. E. Needham Jewelers where Utah gets engaged now the Aggies
1: Coaches Show here's the voice of the Aggies Scott Gerard. Hey, greetings from old Chicago. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College, Utah State. Uh, It's, again, a dual coaches show. We're going to talk to uh, interim head coach Frank Miley here in a moment. Then we'll also have a chance to catch up with Craig Smith as the Aggies basketball team coming off a win last night over the College of Idaho. So we'll talk some basketball with Craig Smith, and then here momentarily we'll catch up with uh, Frank Miley as well. Aggies coming off a loss to Air Force thirty-five to seven, and then gets set for a showdown against Colorado State coming up on Saturday. And you will hear that game right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, with kickoff set for seven thirty and pregame show beginning at 6.30. So a lot to break down, a lot to talk about, and again when Frank Miley joins us, we'll have a chance to chat with him and get a feeling for uh, the football team and where they're at right now and what they expect out of this Colorado State team. Colorado State team that frankly hasn't had a season there, uh, too overly thrilled about uh, as well. They're 1-3 and on the season. have only played four games, and this will be their season finale as they take on Utah State. And again, they've really been hit with uh, their own issues on the COVID front. They went from November 12th to December 5th without playing a game uh, they lost to Boise State 52-21 to and then uh, ultimately ended up losing to San Diego State 29-17 to nearly a month later so they went three weeks in between games uh, and that uh, certainly uh, caused them to lose a lot of momentum and uh, so you've got a Colorado State team looking to finish off their season with a W and Utah State looking for their second win as well so with that let's bring in interim head coach of the Utah State Aggies Frank Miley coach how are you? Scotty, how you doing man I'm doing well hey I'm peeking at the forecast you may have a uh, you might have some weather on your hands I, I I know you guys are looking forward to that a little bit
0: <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything
1: less <laughs> it's been one of those years uh, hey okay. so when you look at uh, when you look at Colorado State on film what really jumps out at you
0: Big team, man. They're a big physical team on both sides of the ball, uh, and it starts in the trenches, man. Offensively, man, they're really big up front. Uh, their two tackles, I think, are 6'7", 3'10". Um, and so they they got some big bodies up front, man. So it's going to start in the trenches. Defense line-wise, I think three of the four uh, guys that are starting up front are returners from last year, but they gained a, a transfer on those guys. He's like 6'6". Six, six. You know, so it's, it's going to be the battle of the trenches, man, and that's what we're going to have to win this game at is up front.
1: What do you see out of their quarterbacks? I know they've, they've uh, worked a couple of guys in there, but what do you see out of uh, out of that position?
0: Yeah, number twelve, man. He's more of their uh, he, he's more of their starter. I think he's more of a pocket yeah. guy. He's a big quarterback, uh, but he still shows plays when I where he has the ability they extend plays with his feet. And then number seven, when he comes in, he's kind of their dual threat guy, and he can run. He can run, man. So he's more involved in some of the quarterback run game. And so we just got to know when seven's in the game uh, to, to anticipate and expect more of him being involved in the run game.
1: Let's talk about where your team's at right now. I know a disappointing loss against Air Force, but what are you able to take away from that game? Is there some positives that you can look at and, and, uh, and put towards uh, this upcoming week?
0: Just what we did in the first quarter. You know, uh, unfortunately, it was just the one quarter, but just our offense... You know, the, the goal at the end of the day was to establish the run game, uh, control the clock, and that's what they did, man. It, I, it, I was impressed with how well they did it, executing that portion of the game, plan, controlling the clock for the first eight minutes of the game, uh, you know, and defensively, we just got to get up, we got to get off the field, you know what I mean? And so if our offense can stay on the field and we can get off the field, and we have opportunities to do so because we did in the Air Force game, uh, it's going to go exactly how we want it to. So we just got to carry that stuff over. The offense, again, they got to do a great job controlling the clock, keeping their offense off the field and then defensively we got to get these guys in the third down uh and we have got to execute the game plan in our third down packages and get off the football field
1: you know i know you've been asked this question a lot but uh i guess i'll pile on a little bit what how's the mindset of the team right now near the end of a disappointing season uh where are they at mentally going into this one
0: You have no idea, Scotty. You have no idea this is what the season has looked like, man. And, you know, I was just talking to some of the coaches after practice. This was a really good practice today. There was a lot of juice on both sides. Uh, Obviously, being the interim, I'm walking between the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball as practice goes on. And, I mean, guys are flying around. They're having fun. Uh, There was a lot of juice today in practice, and you'd have no idea that it is right now and our record is the way it is. On paper, man, and these guys have done a great job just, just loving loving each other up and loving the game of football. And they continue to compete.
1: You know, at the end of the day, you know you're still playing a game. You're still playing a game you love and that you're passionate about, and you're playing it at a really high level. I guess you know you never, as a player, take that for granted. And maybe that's why you're seeing some of the uh, the positivity out of this squad.
0: I mean, so. These guys, even though we're not playing for a trophy uh, anymore, you know, all that stuff's on the table, but pride is always on the table. You know, and because we got a competitive team and there's a lot of competitive individuals on this football team, man, pride is what they're playing for right now. Their individual pride to them, you know, Aggie Nation pride. You know, they wanna they want to play and perform like that's you just know, but for our fans and family out there and, and all of Aggie that this is this is for for all of those guys.
1: We're going to take a break. Coach, uh, your phone's breaking up a little bit. We'll try to reconnect, get a better line with you. Uh, But Utah State gets set for a showdown against Colorado State. We'll continue to talk to interim head coach Frank Miley when we come back. You're listening to Aggie football from Learfield IMG College. (laughs) Welcome back to the... Aggie Coaches Show as we are live here at Old Chicago, just down the road from Maverick Stadium. Love for you to come by and hang out with us. Again, uh, great food, great beverages, always a great time to hang out. Again, our next Coaches Show will come up on Monday uh, with Craig Smith, so a lot going on on the program, so make sure you're uh, make sure you part of it and uh, come by and check out some of the great opportunities, get some great food and uh, some great beverages as well. All right, we'll uh, catch up with Frank Miley coming up here in just a moment as the Aggies get set for their showdown against Colorado State. Uh, and again, this is the last game of the season. Aggies looking for their second win of the year. And and then uh, after this game, uh, the season is done and we look forward to spring ball coming up here in a few months. And, of course, basketball season will roll on and we'll chat with Craig Smith coming up at about uh, 6.30. So we'll have a chance to chat with him and get his thoughts on the game last night and looking ahead to a big one against Weber State coming up on Saturday. Just for uh, programming purposes, the basketball game on Saturday will tip off at 2 o'clock. So pregame show will begin at one30 And then uh, later that evening, the football game will kick off at 7.30 with pregame for that beginning at 6.30. So a uh, kind of a matinee night doubleheader with Utah State in action squaring off against the um, against the Colorado State Rams. All right, so what do we know about Colorado State? Obviously, this is a team that uh, has had their struggles as well, not only on the field, but with COVID as they have started off the season uh, one and four. And this is their or one and three. And this is their final game of the season as they're looking for their second win of the year. Uh, a Colorado State team, as we mentioned, uh, looking uh, with games against Fresno State. They lost their first game of the year back in October 29th, uh, 38-17. to Then they were able to beat Wyoming the next week, 34-24. And then um, the next week, losing to Boise State, 52-21. And then uh, COVID really uh, caused some problems, problems within co- uh, with, with Colorado State. And then teams that they were supposed to play as well, uh, they were off the next three weeks until last week. And that is when they went to San Diego State and lost that game, 29 to 17 you heard coach miley talk about the size of their team they've got two tackles that are big strong guys they want to run the football a little bit uh but are averaging about only 3.1 yards on the ground per carry uh, a. John uh, Vivens is their leading rusher with only 210 yards. He is averaging about 4.2 yards a carry and one score. And then Marcus uh, uh, McElroy, a guy that we remember last year, 41 carries, 110 yards. He's got three touchdowns on the ground, but only averaging about 27 yards per game and only getting about 10 attempts per game as well. So those are your two uh, big running backs that you will see against this Colorado State team. Again, in the past, we've seen some big, strong wide receivers, Trey McBride, 22 catches, 330 yards and four scores. He's averaging about 82 yards a game. And then you've got uh, Dante Wright, who's got 20 catches for 315, averaging about 105 yards a game. But uh, the tight end that Trey McBride is a guy certainly to keep an eye on. He is the leading receiver in terms of receptions and in terms of yards. And uh, Coach Miley kind enough to join us. And, Coach, uh, when you look at that offense, you probably look at that big tight end and realize that uh, he's, he's, he's trouble. Number 85, he can create some problems for you
0: absolutely man he's, he's like 6'4 260 so he's, yeah. so he's almost like yeah. a defensive lineman out there playing tight end and so he does it all man he's a well-rounded tight end he can block he can catch uh he can run routes and so he's a guy we got to know where he's at uh at all times especially when he's flexed out
1: so while we're talking about Colorado State, can we go back uh, back a couple of years? And uh, what was were you up in the booth or down on the field during the infamous uh, play that uh, looked like a Colorado State win but wasn't?
0: I was on the ground. I was on the ground, man, and that was uh, that was one to, to, to remember right there, man. And so it was almost it was it was weird. We walked off the field with the a W uh, because of how it played out, and it almost felt like we didn't win. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. That was, that was a weird one
1: was there a was there a moment uh like at what point did you realize that you were going to win that game because you know the guy catches it it looks like uh, the game's over at that point how long before you realized that uh, he had stepped out of bounds and you guys were going to get that w
0: you know the biggest question mark was what the, why the flag was on the field you know we we had yeah. no idea why they threw the flag and why it was on the field and Uh, We we knew it was kind of leaning in our favor because they had to stop everything and discuss what was happening. And so uh, we actually didn't understand why the flag was on the field until they announced it, and uh, it blew everybody away. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was uh, certainly certainly one of the more bizarre moments, uh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you, you talk about this team and where they're at right now, and you mentioned before we went to break, they're in a really good place. They seem like uh, you had a great practice today. They're working extremely hard. What do you attribute that to? The coaches, the, the guys out on the field, uh, wh- where's, the, where's the positive attitude coming from?
0: Man, that goes to the leaders on this team. Uh, we got great leaders on this football team, man, and I think it's it's overlooked sometimes of, of how how strong the locker room is and how those guys are are controlling uh, their position groups specifically. And so, it's really just made the job of us coaches, uh, you know, that much easier uh in a profession that's really hard you know and so the leaders on this team have done a great job and i and i owe it to those guys for the focus and uh these guys staying hungry and still fighting to the end
1: you know there was that big gap that colorado state had between games almost three weeks uh how difficult do you feel like uh, you feel like you got enough tape on these guys to really get an understanding of who they are
0: yeah, I feel like we do, man. They're they're, they're a solid team on, on on both sides, both offense and defense, and you know they're going to do what they do. You know, they're yeah. their coaches. He's an offensive guy. He's an online guy, so we we know they're going to run the football, man, and they're going to take pride in that, and they're going to try to establish the line of scrimmage, and they got two explosive running backs uh, back there that are really good, and so we know it's going to be a fist fight one last time with these guys, and we don't expect anything less from those guys, and defensively, they got the same mentality. Uh, They're going to be physical. They're going to play fast, and so uh, it's going to be a really good football game.
1: Do you feel like you're ready to match that level of physicality? Because it really felt like in moments in that Air Force game, especially there in the first quarter, uh, you guys were every bit as physical as uh, Air Force was.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a mindset, man. It's a, it's a mentality that these kids have, uh, and they take pride in that, and they're not going to back
1: down from any fight. Can you coach toughness, or is that something you're, you're, you're born with?
0: Uh, it, it depends. I don't know if you're actually born with it. I think it depends on your upbringing, it plays a yeah. big role, and you know where, where your mentality is and where your heart is. Um, I don't know exactly if you can actually coach it. I don't think there's there's a, there's a, there's a there's an equation to coach this deal. I think kids can get tougher uh, if they're not that physical and they're not that tough naturally coming into the program. Uh, but, but you got to train mentality. you got to train yeah. mentality, man. And so people try to talk about it, but I don't think you can, you can teach it. you got to train it.
1: Is it hard to identify in recruiting, uh, especially when you're, you know, you're looking at a kid, and more often than not, he's probably the best player or one of the best players on his team. So sometimes you can be really good and not be tough and get away with it at the high school level. So is it hard to identify that when you're out recruiting?
0: It is probably the hardest thing to evaluate, uh, especially with like all the limitations that we have to get to know a yeah. kid. Um, and all the rules that play play a role in that. But I think that's the hardest thing, and, and it's really like the most important thing for us is the physicality, just sheer toughness. But I think some of that you can evaluate just from, you know, what what other sports does he play? How does he actually play his sport? Because um, even if you're talented, there there's certain uh, – you can see glimpses of physicality and kind of a mentality of a kid. Is he a high motor kid? Is he like that all the time? Uh, is it just in his highlight? But if you watch a full game, you you only see you only see it every now and then. You know, those are things that you got to dig deep into to figure out how tough a kid is. Uh, and does he play any other sports? What sports are those? Is it wrestling? Uh, is it basketball? You know, what 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 other sports does he play? That kind of they kind of elude that he's a tough kid and so that's that's the hardest thing in recruiting to figure out is how tough a kid is.
1: Is that why you like multi-sport athletes gives you more opportunities to see see him in a competitive setting?
0: Absolutely, man. And some of that speaks to, to athleticism, as well um if if you don't sometimes see it in uh, in the football setting, the kid's a basketball player, you can see him move in space uh how well does he move his feet, flip his hips um uh, but again, man, it depends on the on the position and then are they wrestlers man? I'm a big fan of wrestlers, yeah. Uh, to me, just the one-on-one fight where there's no one to turn to or lean on, and and there's no way out. There's only through uh, that individual, and not around him. I mean, those those type of sports, rugby is another one. I don't think you can be kind of an average toughness guy or, or, or scared or timid and play those types of sports and get away with it.
1: So it sounds like if the uh, if the guy plays football and golf, you're you, that's you're not going to learn a lot there on that other one, right? <laughs>
0: No, no, no. They're, they're, you know, he might have some hand coordination and some good focus and balance, but that's about it. So uh, you still got to dig a little bit deeper as far as how tough is this kid.
1: Um, I remember uh, Coach Wells talking about uh, falling in love with Carson Terrell when he, saw, when he saw him wrestling. And he goes, that's what put us over the edge on wanting to give him a, a, a scholarship. They saw, saw how hard he was working on the wrestling mat.
0: And it was really wrestling and playing basketball at the same time. So those two seasons kind of kind of oh, wow. ran together. So he would go from wrestling to playing basketball, uh, and he didn't really shy away from any of the stuff. And so he made no excuses about his performance. Uh, and that's really what, what drew us to him was he did those two sports at the same time.
1: So if you are telling a parent out there who's got a kid that they think might be pretty good, Uh, don't specialize in football. Get him uh, multiple opportunities to play other sports.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It it allows us to truly evaluate him in different settings. Uh, Just his mentality, his competitiveness, and then his athleticism, uh, it shows in different ways in different sports. And so, uh, absolutely, it's an awesome thing to see.
1: I know we got off a, got off on a tangent there a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about Andrew Peasley, what you saw from him in that Air Force game, and what you expect out of him in this game coming up on Saturday.
0: Yeah, man, he started off strong. You know, uh, he again, he's a competitive kid. He's still young. Uh, part of it is is some of the youthfulness and kind of decision making. Um, you know, where, where where he forced plays, trying to make plays, and, and that's kind of his mentality, you know what I mean, is, is to make explosive plays, and uh, it's really just about continually developing him to understand there's si- certain situations to do that, situational football, we have points, let's take the points, try not to force anything in certain situations, and I, I think that just comes with uh, with maturity, uh, and uh, mentally, he's a mature kid, uh, but, you know, some of the football decisions, we just got to continue working with that, and I think that's a work in progress, but at the end of the day he continues to take steps forward every single day um, and we love his progress right now
1: you know, you probably have an interesting line to walk as a quarterback when you, you know that probably the smart move is uh, to play it safe and to get points, it, you know, in particular that last drive right before halftime, uh, but then also realizing that uh, your team's in a dogfight and you want to make a play and you think you can. Uh, I got to imagine, you know, walking that line between being really aggressive and making the safe play is part of the maturity of being a good quarterback.
0: Absolutely, man. And there's a balance. And there's a balance, yeah. and I think he's learning that right now. Um, you know, because those guys, obviously, their their goal is to control the clock and be on the field and keep us off the field. And so I understand where Andrew's at trying to make plays uh, and take advantage of our opportunities being on offense. And so uh, there's a balance to it, and I think it comes in time. But he's, he's, he's definitely ahead of his time as far as maturity levels go. And, you know, for the most part, he's done uh, – He's made really good decisions uh, in key moments and, and not forcing things and throwing the ball away if it's not there. And uh, really proud of him for doing that.
1: I know uh, DHC had to miss that game uh, against uh, Air Force, but I thought you got some good work out in Noah and Makakona. Talk about those two young men and, and not only how they played against Air Force, but uh, it does appear the future looks really bright for those two.
0: Yeah, man, they're tough as nails. Tough as nails. Yeah. And we were just having the discussion about toughness, man. These two right here just mentally are, are, are physically tough kids. And so uh, we love everything about them. And that whole room, that whole running back room, John Gentry's another young man Yeah, uh, that's an explosive running back. And again, if, if you just if you come and watch practice and watch how these guys carry themselves, they're very confident. And, you know, if they get an opportunity, they're going to try to run you over. And if they can hit the edge, they're going to hit it with some speed. So uh, that's a really good, talent group right now
1: yeah you've got a great group of uh, running backs as well and and uh and certainly a lot to grow in in future years at utah state coach we appreciate your time thanks for joining us look forward to catching up to you before the game against colorado state and let's uh let's go get a w all right
0: absolutely scotty always a pleasure thanks for having
1: me you got it you're the man that's uh Coach Frank Miley, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, coming up next, you're going to hear from Craig Smith, basketball coach at Utah State. Had to miss another game uh, last night because of that positive uh, COVID test. We'll ask him if he'll be back out on the sidelines for this game against Weber State. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College.
0: It's time for a change of scenery. Hit the road this summer with a low-rate auto loan as low as 1.99% APR fixed from USU Credit Union. Plus, apply now and defer all payments for 90 days. Whether you're refinancing from another financial institution or purchasing a new or used vehicle, financing your new auto loan is quick and easy. Apply on our mobile app online at usucu.org or ask for USU Credit Union financing at the dealership. USU Credit Union.
1: We'll take care of you. Welcome on back to the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Big thanks to Frank Miley, interim head coach at Utah State, breaking down uh, his thoughts on the upcoming game against Colorado State. Utah State will square off against uh, Weber State in basketball coming up on Saturday. And to help break it down, the head coach of the Utah State men's team, Craig Smith. Coach, how are you?
2: Scotty G, back-to-back days. It is my (laughs) lucky day
1: yeah I, I, I sense a bit of sarcasm there, but I totally get it. Understandable. No, no
2: sarcasm. Uh, and it's always a good day when you and I can connect. Well, at least from my side, maybe not from your. Side.
1: No, no, 100% on this side for sure. So uh, what was uh, you know, what great, you, know what an ex, you know what an exciting thing is
2: um, is I'm getting close to being out of quarantine and now the exciting thing is I can actually do the radio show in person
1: i know so there's, right there's uh there's uh
2: there's, there's a silver lining in this whole thing so i'm excited about it
1: we get i, back I don't know
2: to if the... that's going to be our deal or not we'll see what happens but i'm just saying now now we can make that happen
1: well uh we can get the bob barker mics out and uh, go old school just like the good old days good
2: uh, go. the Bob barker mics. that's I do miss the Bob Barker mics. That's one of my favorite things. I love being in old Chicago with all of our fans and the the big screens going on and everyone's in a festive mood. So, uh, of course, that's if we win. If we lose, it's not always described exactly like that.
1: Well, hey, you got a good test last night, and I think people need to understand that College of Idaho team. Uh, they've got a really, really good coach who I think has got a really bright future ahead of him, and uh, they've got a team that fights hard. They're one of the best teams in NAIA, and they came in and they and they they, they gave your guys a battle last night. Coach, you there? Well, looks like we m- I think oh, we lost. I, coach. I oh, there we hit go. The mute button. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I hit oh. The mute button with my cheek. So
2: uh, that takes talent, by the way. Uh, you got to hit her just perfect. It takes years of practice. But um, you're right, Scotty. Kobe's a uh, Kobe Blaine's a very good coach. Um, he's a good friend of our, you know, myself, Eric Peterson, some of our guys on staff, uh, and they're good. We wanted to play a good team. Um, obviously, last year they were number one in the country. This year, just things are so a little bit. Off kilter with everything, and so um, it was a good test. They they made some great plays. I just watched the game again, got done with it again about an hour ago, and and they, I mean, it felt like for a while. You know, Worcester made a couple mistakes defensively. Ashworth made a couple mistakes. Um, defensively, and, man, they made us pay every time. We, would, we went under a couple flare screens that we always want to chase those out, and whether it was a lack of communication, but it looked like those guys kind of almost went under out of their way to go under the screen when we know we want to chase that out. Uh, and they made us pay, and then they made some tough ones too. I yeah.
0: mean,
2: uh, Miller was out there. The kid rises up and makes about a twenty-two foot footer, and Sean was all over this, all over the kid who was zero for seven coming into the game. By the way, um, and he had twelve in the first half, and I think fifteen for the game. Um, um, and, and so you got to give them credit. And good teams
0: make their
2: opponents pay for making mistakes, and they really did that for a long period of time. Uh, I thought we really buckled in. There was a lot of very good things. You know, I watched the game live, of course, and it's easy to be, you know, a little discouraged or I don't want to say down, but, you know, but um, we actually did a lot more positive things than I had realized live. And so I'm excited. I thought we got better uh, on both ends of the floor. We had 18 assists. Uh, we still we got to finish better around the basket. You know, against BYU, we missed 22 shots right around the basket. Uh, and last night, we missed 15, 10 of them in the first half. Yeah. And those are, those are plays that we have to make. And instead of being up 11, what was it, I think 11 at halftime, yeah. you know, we, we, you miss 10 chip shots, you make five of them, you're up 21. And so just those kinds of plays – we got to do a better job of, we got to finish those plays. Um, But I thought we really settled in. And those last um, 15 minutes or so, 13 to 15 minutes, we really got in a groove offensively, shot it at a high percentage, and we held them to, I think, 31% in the second half. So those are good signs. Are we where exactly we want to be? No, but I do feel like we made some progress last
1: night. Well, and there's something to be said, and and even, uh, you know, against any competition uh, when, you know, the second half, they've got all the momentum, they're on a 12-0 run, they take a one-point lead back, and then you guys slam the door shut and flip the switch. And I thought that was really impressive, especially on the defensive side where it almost looked like your guys like, okay, no, this isn't going to happen tonight. And to really increase the, uh, uh, increase the intensity on the defensive side there in the latter part of the second half.
2: Yeah, I thought our press was really good for us. Yeah, got us um, aggressive and in attack mode. Um, um, it just got us flying around. I mean, Kata got a steal in the half court. Kata's up there in the press and makes a, uh, a play. And Ashworth comes up with it, hits hits Sean, who hits Nimi for the dunk. And those are big-time energy plays. I thought Bean was really good on the defensive end all night, whether it was tipping and deflecting or getting steals or, of course, the way he rebounds. But he was super aggressive last night, and it showed. He shot nine free throws. And a lot of times, that's a sign of how aggressive you are. And, you know, I think it's the third straight game now. We've shot 30 free throws or more. And so that's a good sign. That's kind of our style of play lends to that. Um, you know, unfortunately, one of those games, we didn't make too many of them, and that's the one we lost. Um but that's how it goes. And so there are some positive things. I do think the defense was our catalyst in that second half. Um, we were able to correct some of our issues that we had in the first half. Uh, but but like I said, uh, and then I thought offensively, I thought the Ashworth, Wooster, uh, still, with those three guys out there, with Dean and Kada, I thought we really moved the ball and played at a lot different pace and um, just a lot of things were more naturally flowing last night, and that's exciting to see.
1: Yeah, one thing that I thought was really impressive was Ashworth's passing. He ends up with seven assists, a couple of really good passes, one to Trevin Dorius, where he had no chance but not to catch it and to finish at the rim. And it really shows you the skill set of a kid just right off a mission being able to play at a pretty high level. I thought I – thought, and you mentioned there were some, maybe some lapses defensively, but overall I thought he had himself a tremendous game last night.
2: Steven's very good. Steven's going to be a very good player. Um, you know, we've talked about Wooster and his poise and confidence, and Steven's the same way, and I've said it multiple times. He, he just has this basketball kind of swagger to him. He's a very confident uh, young man, and he's very skilled. Like you, you can see when he shoots it, you're surprised when it doesn't go in. Yeah. Um, but he has this change of pace to him. That, you know, he brings a different element to our team by his quickness, but he's got a big time IQ, really understands the game. Um, you know, that's what, you know, what he ended up with 14 or 15, but I believe he had seven assists, and I don't have the stats exactly in front of me, but that's what I remember seeing. Uh, yep. Yeah, seven assists. I guess I do have the stats close to me. Uh, but that's what he <laughs> did well. He made a couple of uh, that over the top pass, he also did a really good job of penetrating. And they would help up, and he he made the right decision, dumping it down. Uh, made some great reads off of screener roll, um, and so we're excited about Stephen. He, he 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 is our type of player. He's got a very bright future in front of him, um, and you know we've we've had some tough games. Like uh, one of our what, Rick Carius, who used to be our director of ops. He he's a huge stat guy, and he did some research and. This is the first since Ken Palm has started, and Ken Palm is obviously an analytics website that's very good. Yep. Um, we have never opened the season. You, when I say we, Utah State basketball in 19 years of Ken Palm against four top 100 teams in the country. So we've had a very good schedule early, and we've played good teams, and you know, and and we're, we've chose to throw our guys into the fire whether they're ready or not. Um, But you can tell we're making progress or we're getting better, and and that's what's really exciting. Steven's got a very bright future for the Aggies
1: yeah there's there's no doubt i thought he looked really really good one thing i'd like too was uh the ability of nimi to po- uh, to pass out of the double team he found bean for a nice uh, dunk uh passing out of a double team he's going to see a lot of those this year and i, I know that's going to be a, a point of emphasis of his his ability to kind of move the ball and work when the when the teams bring a double
2: yes i mean nimi's an excellent passer whether it's uh, whether he's getting double in the post, which I believe he has every game, yeah, um, except for except for one, the BYU game, they didn't really double him a whole lot. Um, uh, but he's such a good passer out of the block. He's a very good passer off of screen and roll, where our guys hit him and and the, and the defense fills. And he does a great job of skipping opposite. Uh, when I went and watched Nimi play in uh, in Portugal when they won the the U-20 uh, championship, of course that was a tournament he hurt himself, but there was a bunch of NBA scouts over there and a couple of them were like, wow, has he improved his passing over the last year? And so he does a great job with that. He's going to need that because I have the feeling he is going to see a lot of double teams and, and that'll make, he makes such good decisions. He's not a selfish scorer down there. Um, um, and so that's going to really help ignite our offense. And so um, you know, Nimi needs to be a game changer for us. Got to get better at finishing around the basket. He's had really good moments, and he's had, you know, the last two games, he's missed some chip shots around there. Um, so that would be a major point of emphasis here um, this week and continue on the rest of the season.
1: We'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll talk some Weber State as Utah State gets set for a showdown against uh, longtime in-state rival uh, Weber State. When we come back, you're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You are listening to the Aggie Coaches Show as uh, we count you down to tip off Utah State against Weber State. Uh, Coach Craig Smith, kind enough to join us. And, Coach, I know these in-state rivalries, uh, you're, you're about history, you're about tradition, and I know this is a game that Utah State has played every year. And these games are important to you, and you know how, how important they are to Aggie fans as well.
2: Scotty, speaking of in-state rivalries, I heard that you got a little fluff from the in-state rivalry game on Saturday night. Did you want to elaborate on that?
1: Um, I'm just saying, I may not be the most popular guy down south. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Um, well, uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little per- more distracted at home too. When I'm at ho- my house, I'm a little more distracted than normally, and I usually have ADD the first in the first place. So, like, one of the questions you asked in the last. Segment. I did hear most of it, but I was distracted because my wife's turned not, are uh, the uh, my kids are playing, and we weren't expecting to see the the any of my son Carson play, but he was in the JV game in the last minute and he made a big play. So that was cool. Nice. To see. So anyway, That's great. It, but now I'm focused in. They're just they're in a layup line now, so I'm not worried about it. But you know what? It is. Um, I understand. You know it, the the. Utah is such a great basketball state, and basketball is so important to our state, to to our region. and And I've always said this: there's not an NHL team, there's not an NBA team, there's not an NFL team. Uh, I'm sorry, there's not a Major League Baseball team or an NFL team, but there is an NBA team, and that matters to people. People love basketball in Utah, and we have so many schools in this state that have such rich traditions of basketball, and whether you're talking about Utah State or Weber State or BYU or right on down the line, and at every level. Junior college, Westminster is always very good, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's very important to play these games. Uh, I don't always love the idea of going to a big-size school when you're a Mountain West school, but that's just part of the deal. And so we're excited to play them. You know, we're a different team. They're a way different team as well. Um, they have a lot, a lot of new faces. Yeah. Um, their lead guard is a transfer that's really killing it right now. They're 2-0. and They play 291 schools, but he's averaging right around 25 a game. And uh, they have a Florida transfer that has sat out the first two games. Uh, we'll see if he plays or not. As a five-man, big, strong, athletic guy. And then they just fill it in with a lot of guys that are really athletic and, and play aggressive, and, and they're good. It'll be a lot different look um, than we've seen the last, the last two years. And, of course, Randy Ray uh, is a great person, a very good coach, uh, was an assistant here, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for quite yep. some time under Coach Morrill. And so um, we're excited for the next challenge on Saturday night.
1: So this is going to be a long question, and hopefully Saturday it makes sense. I say. Yeah, two o'clock, two o'clock tip off. So this yeah. is a long question. So so hopefully you work with me a little bit on this one. But when you're playing I'll have a, team, a really
2: short answer for you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing a team that's got so many transfers, do you go and do you really search out who they were as a player and watch film on their old team, or do you spend more time kind of preparing for the team that you're facing and the scheme that they run, not necessarily the players that run it? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it totally does because guys can definitely look different and different um, at different stops and different styles of play. So, I I will watch the two games that they've played, and I've you know I've watched one. I still got to finish the other one. I'll go back and watch our game last year, even though you know two totally different teams. Just like I did my first year here, I would watch games from Utah State from the year before and and just see you know. So you can learn different things by doing that. In terms of the specific personnel with transfers or high school kids, whoever has the scout, so in this game it'll be Eric Peterson, um, he'll go back and watch clips. You know, we have Synergy, which is an amazing tool or instrument where you can really find a lot of different – Clips on each guy, both offensively and defensively. And it's actually very um, efficient. It doesn't take as long as you would think, uh, especially if they're a D1 transfer. So that assistant that has the scout will really watch that, formulate our opinion this is how we need to guard this guy, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll show our guys on film clips from this year with what they look like with Weaver State. And that's what I'll really concentrate on as well. Great
1: question. What, I like that. I, well, you know, I try. Um, what do you, uh, from a system standpoint and from a schematic standpoint, um, what have you seen out of Weaver State?
2: Well, they're high octane. They, they want to run up and down. They set a bunch of ball screens from a lot of different um, angles and different ways of getting into it. I would say the way they play now is much more similar to the way they played two years ago when we played them at Vivint. Last year we played them early, and they were at that time they were doing just a lot of uh, kind of like his old school days where it was play after play after play after play. And then as the season went on, they went back to all their ball screen stuff. So we're going to see a myriad of ball screens. You're going to see you know, three, four guys on the floor that can really handle and make good decisions and, and be in attack mode, shooting the three, getting to the rim, have good pull-up games. Um, they're, they're very, very different. Um, from a personnel standpoint, that way, and then they're going to play hard and aggressive on the defensive end, um, all man to man, or at least we haven't seen any zone up to this point. And so, uh, and then they're playing at home. You know, this will be their third game at home, and most teams do tend to play a lot better at home. So, um, you know, we have a little bit of a different team going down there, and, and um, we'll just have to be on point with what we do. And I thought Tuesday was a good step in the re- last night was a good step in the right direction.
1: So, Eric Peterson does have head coaching experience, but I asked him, what was it like? And he goes, it was still a little bit like drinking from a fire hose. And uh, But but from your perspective, uh, you know, he's been a trusted assistant of yours for a long time. Uh, give me your thoughts on him and uh, working the sidelines there over the last two games.
2: Yeah, it's a tough spot to jump into, you know, just kind of unannounced. or not unannounced, because he knew for a few days, of course, but you know he he did a great job as a head coach. That's where I met him when he was at Williston State College as a junior college coach, and had a very successful two-year run there. And and obviously this is year seven where we've been together. So um, I, I thought he did a great job. It's a tough one. Your first you're thrown to the fire, and your first game is BYU, and that's not yeah. necessarily the easiest thing to jump into. And um, uh, and then you turn around and and, and then you got to play a non D one game and. And I know how people view that. Like I get it, but you, there's still some things you got to be able to negotiate. You know, through that point, and you know, even through that. You know, when we were up 11 and they go on whatever it was—a 14 to two run or 12, whatever that run was—and all of a sudden you're behind, and you know, you got to be able to negotiate that. And I thought our, he, I thought he and our staff did a great job. Um, in this 10-day quarantine, and and really did a good job with the in-game management and whatnot. And so, um, you know, very very appreciative. And oh, we've always said it, you are who you surround yourself with. And we have an excellent coaching staff. And um, uh, and we knew this year that was one of our first discussions. This is this is very real. Whether it's me, you know, getting in and out for 10 days or through contact tracing, whether. You know, one, two, or three of our assistants get, like, this is all in play. And so you have to be able to adapt and adjust and really communicate well. And uh, I thought our staff and Eric did did a fantastic job. Well, coach, but we it's appreciate amazing it. how different oh. it is. Just sliding that one chair over, isn't
1: it? Oh, I I can't <laughs> even imagine too, and 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 I mean a lot of the pressure and and uh, now great you got it. he as as well as you are surrounded by greatest as, uh, other assistants and and guys that know what they're doing and some great insider analysis. But yeah, taking that step up, I I got to imagine that gets the old butterflies circling around the stomach pretty quick.
2: Well, when you've been a head coach too, regardless of level. Uh, it's different, and you've been there and you've done that. And I know that, you know, I I was a small school head coach for three years at Mayville State, And and then I was at Colorado State for five years, Nebraska for two. So, you know, eight years later, seven years as an assistant, I was a way better assistant coach after being a head coach because it's a lot easier to take a step back and put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. And you realize when you become a head coach how often you forget your keys. And how often you – I leave the house almost every day, and I'm like, okay, what did I forget now? And I'm always trancing back, you know, back in to get whatever it is I forgot. And so it is different. I think you have more empathy. You know how you carry it or take it home with you nonstop. And it's just how it is. And so I think you can relate to something just because of that factor and so um um so it is different it takes a little while to kind of get back on that uh wagon so to speak um but you know eric's got a eric as well as our whole coaching staff uh we, we'd love to keep them here as long as we can but we know they have bright futures ahead of them with whatever uh happens in the future for them
1: no doubt coach uh, appreciate it looking forward to chatting with you and uh, good luck on saturday against weber state
2: All right, Scotty. Thank you. Go Aggies.
1: There's the man himself, the head coach of the Utah State men's basketball team. Craig Smith, a hey, USU Credit Union, has been serving True Aggie since 1957 and has seven locations around Cache Valley, including the branch located on Utah State University's campus inside the university's Welcome Center. That wraps it up for us. Great show! Big thanks to interim head coach Frank Miley, also Craig Smith, for joining us. Remember, games coming up on Saturday. 1:30 pregame start for the basketball game. Uh, that's a 6:30 pregame start for the football game. You got yourself a doubleheader: basketball and football, and it'll be all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. From old Chicago, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought
0: to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you, Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Ford. Go further. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.